Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Proposal. The proposal, yeah. Or I fucked an intern in the movie. It's a Mikey movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Romance in the Pod. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week we watched The Proposal. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> My brain stopped and Ben, you had to nail it for me. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. We were having a conversation off mic before this that has left us all with so many questions. Oh, so. Yeah. We're 30 minutes into this episode. Haven't started recording. All right. This is going to keep me up at night. So I thought after last week's episode, we needed a fun like rom-com. And the proposal was the first thing that came to mind because I loved and still love this movie. What do you guys think? So I I think saw this once. It was probably close to around the time it came out. 2009, right? Yeah. It's, it had been a while. I did not remember this movie at all. Like I remembered the bare bones of it, but that's it. Yeah. I, I did not remember pretty much anything else about it. And I was pleasantly surprised. I, I enjoyed this very much. So Mikey, was this the first time you had seen the movie? No. Okay. When was the first time you saw it? I saw it when it came out. Yeah. And I remember liking it, thinking it was cute and all. And then um, I watched it again. And uh, I don't think it's cool for your boss to like. Oh, it's not. Force you to marry them. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, there are big, big problems in this movie that we <laughs> will get into, Mikey. No, I still, I, I thought it was cute, but. I think we've started running into some of these like fun rom-coms where they don't really even date at all until the end. We're like, like it's like a, they're separate. It, like the relationship doesn't begin until the end of the movie. Mikey, this movie yeah. ends with him saying, I want to marry you so I can date you. So yeah, yeah I think what you just said is a very accurate assessment. Also, I think if you're going to get real judgy about someone dating someone they work with, you should not have your past experiences. Uh, never a direct <laughs> report. <laughs> have you ever dated a direct report after they were no longer your direct report? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Under consideration from my attorney, he has advised me to take the fifth amendment. Proud to say I've never dated a coworker, not planning on doing it in the future. <laughs> I have, and it is a mistake. 
I worked for a cookware company for 10 years and could count the number of straight male coworkers that I had on one hand. Right. So not a lot of opportunities for me, but my company now has a ton of straight male coworkers. Uh, but no, thank you. You're married. Yeah. 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 So um, <laughs> just going to remind you that you'll never find someone as good as Jake. So. Yeah, that's true. I, I, it's hard pressed, hard pressed to find a coworker as handsome or more handsome than my husband. That's yeah, true. If, if you get divorced, I'm going after Jake. So deal with that. <laughs> that's fair. Just allow me to cater the wedding. <laughs> Okay, problems aside, Mikey, how do you feel about the movie overall? I feel like it's a good rom-com. Like, it's funny. Yeah. The main characters are charming. It's kind of like The Devil Wears Prada, but, like, if she had sex with her boss. I will argue that she does in Devil Wears Prada as well. It's just off screen. Hot take. Think about it. I See, I do not super like Devil Wears Prada. I've also never seen it. Oh, I don't think she and Meryl Streep got down, but... Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Who are who are the main characters in it? Who did I just Anne Hathaway and Meryl Streep? <laughs> I would uh, I would totally be down for that. <laughs> yeah, like I'll watch it oh, if man. that cut is out there, along with the cat's butthole cut. Send them my way. Oh but my like... god! I did not realize that that was the joke I was making when I make it. But honestly, stand by it. <laughs> She has a really mean boss in the movie, Todd. I got that. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen the proposal, so I know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, okay. Let's talk about this. Do you really think it's possible to fall in love with your boss? Like, let's take the work ethics out of it. Yes. But do you think it's possible to fall in love with your boss if she's yes. totally terrible to you for oh, years no, before? No, no, but if you spend every work day and, like, weekends and all that stuff, like, say it's a startup mentality, it's like you're there eight hours a day, six days a week or whatever – you're going to develop feelings for that person one way or another. You're going to love them as a person or like hate them as a person. Oh, yeah. It's going to be feelings you're going to de develop, right? That's I could real. definitely see love happening in those situations. Yes. If you have a nice, supportive boss who's like really supportive and grow, you know, nurturing and things like that, I could totally see it. Yeah. But let's say you have Sandra Bullock as a boss. So a hot, older lady? Yeah. Okay, I can She's see it. She's the worst. Oh, though. you mean like her character in this movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She is terrible. I, I will also say I feel like she needs therapy because she's been through a lot. I don't think she's at her core a terrible person. I think she is uh, living out some trauma that is causing her to be a terrible person. Agreed. All right. Not everyone whose parents die turns into a total mean person. Well, but we also don't know what happened to her after. She was she was 16, so we don't know what happened to her after that. We yeah. don't know if she ended up in the system. We don't know what happened in between that time and her present day. Yeah. I mean, I would argue that Ryan Reynolds has Stockholm Syndrome, and that's my mental health perspective. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is Belle from Beauty and the Beast, and there's nothing <laughs> yeah, that can yeah. be said about that. That is just what it is. And then she takes out the rose and she's like, this is your future and the petals are falling off and you have to do what I say or it goes away. Yeah. Now, here's what I will, <laughs> here's what I will say, because all of that's accurate. Yeah. I do think there's definitely a point in this movie in which he kind of turns the tables and starts advocating for himself. Yes. Um, but I also think were they not employer and employee, I do think they could 
speed together. Ooh, okay. You're getting into some stuff we're going to talk about at the end. Are they still together? Part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I think this movie's super charming, and I do like it. I just like tearing it apart a little bit. But I think this movie may have worked better if he was a writer and she was, like, the editor or whatever. Something like a professional, like, they know each other, and he knows she's mean in a professional environment, but is not her boss. Well, I think the only way to get him there was for her to be the boss like that that's had to be the stakes so i get it or he is her assistant but he wants to be a writer and the manuscript they're talking about is his manuscript honestly i'm not 100 percent convinced it's not okay i mean that could be too they don't ever say that and i like it better that way Paige. that's the reason i thought it but yeah I, that's not the way it's really positioned in the movie but i wish it was i am so enamored with ryan reynolds in this movie i feel like he is like Comedic timing, perfect. He looks like a golden god. He is just so <laughs> funny in this movie. And it's unfair to have someone who's over six feet look the way he does and be as funny as he is. I hate him because I love him so much. I think the over six feet part is where it got kind of personal. But um... <laughs> as a five foot, I'm going to say nine, but we all know eight man. <laughs> I am hurt by Ryan Ryan Reynolds' height and attractiveness and comedic timing. He is the total package. A couple years ago, Pete Holmes put out a comedy special where he talks about Ryan Gosling. And he's basically like, I don't want to have sex with Ryan Gosling. That's not enough. <laughs> and I feel like you're like a step away from that with Ryan Reynolds right now. I don't want to have sex with Ryan Reynolds. I just think he's amazing. But if we ended up having sex, like I, w <laughs> what you're saying is he's your Patrick Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could do worse, Paige. <laughs> Let's get into this movie. Let's just like, like, can we stop talking about this? No, no, I need to talk about your romantic feelings for Ryan Reynolds forever. How much time do you have? <laughs> well, we've already been recording for. 40 minutes. 41 minutes. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> Things happened in my life this week that I needed to process. Talking to you two about my life is like having two devils on my shoulder. Welcome back to Pages in My New Podcast Intervention, where we talk to Mikey about how he can <laughs> fix his life. There is definitely another podcast called Intervention. <laughs> I like to think that I'm the angel on the other court on the on the shoulder. I'm the angel until you bring up stuff that is so batshit insane that I have a litany of questions. And then Todd and I have to be good cop, bad cop, in which I am the bad cop. So, like, you know, you put us in a weird position. Speaking of weird positions, let's talk about the power dynamics of this relationship. <laughs> So we open on the forest for credits. Yes. Because we haven't even started the credits yet. We're 42 minutes into this recording. <laughs> I knew this would happen because Tom was like, this is not going to take a long time. I blame Paige because you and I got on the call early. And then when Paige got on, we had been talking for like 10 minutes. And so we were already balls deep in a what's going on in your life conversation. And then it snowballed. Why did we even hit the record button? <laughs> Because I want that audio, Mikey. We're going to need it for a court case later, definitely. <laughs> a class action lawsuit is what it sounds like. <laughs> we open on the forest and credits. The camera pulls back and we realize that it's a video of the forest that Sandra Bullock is watching as she rides a stationary bike yes. while she reads a manuscript. And I just have in my notes as the credits are rolling, 
oh, Malin Ackerman is in this. <laughs> oh, you hate, you don't like her? No, Malin Ackerman is terrible. You could cut her entire character out and we wouldn't miss her. But Sandra Bullock looks great in this movie. She's like doing a lot of cardio. She uh, reads pretty slow for a book editor. Oh, Mikey, please. He's on a bike. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Ryan Reynolds wakes up and he's overslept. He's late. He races to the office. It kind of intercuts with her calmly getting ready. He gets to Starbucks. The barista already has his drinks ready, which is amazing. And he, she like calls him to the front of the line. That's who he should have ended up with. The barista calls him up and she gives him two drinks and he runs out of there. That's how the world is if you're Ryan Reynolds level of attractive. Yes. Speaking as a man. Who is, I think, a Ryan Reynolds level of I almost got through it, Paige, before I started laughing. I couldn't I couldn't quite get through it. This is really funny coming from a man wearing a female version <laughs> of a poncho on his podcast. Just because I'm wearing one of Natalie's comfiest, uh, I don't even know what you call this, but I it's very comfortable. She calls it a janket. It's like a combination of a jacket blanket. It's very comfortable. I don't mean to stunt on you guys, but one time I wore a low cut shirt and got extra meat at Quiznos. So. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm living that Ryan Reynolds life. <laughs> <laughs> this is no joke. The Starbucks by my house, whenever I go in, they have my drinks ready for me. <laughs> yeah, I have the Starbucks app too, Todd. They yeah. call it, they call it the Ryan Reynolds experience. <laughs> <laughs> You're not special, uh, Paige. Sometimes I I get my my dinner just delivered to my yeah, door. You know, I don't know if you know, somebody brought lunch to me today. So his name is Post Mate. <laughs> when I pull up to restaurants, a guy takes my keys and parks my car and runs back. <laughs> mm. Let's move on But I do want to say That I am as handsome As Ryan Reynolds At least that's what Natalie told me When she wanted me To stop talking About how handsome he was <laughs> <laughs> Anyway He races through New York traffic To the office Barely makes to the elevator When he like Slides into the elevator And like slams Into the door And like hits the guys And then they're like Looking at him He goes Everybody all right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that shit was so funny. He's so good in this. He's very good in this. As he's doing all of this, Sandra Bullock is calling a writer, we find out, trying yeah. to get them to go on Oprah to promote a book, which you'd have to be outside your damn mind to not go on Oprah to, like, promote your book. Like, do you want to be a gazillionaire? Go on Oprah. But I think you find out that this author is like the J.D. Salinger yes. equivalent of this movie. I don't care. Let me tell you some real, real tea. Uh, cult podcast ended up in Oprah magazine online yes. once and it tripled our listenership overnight. You, if Oprah tells you to do something, you fucking do it. Yeah. You listen to Oprah. So she seems to convince him to do Oprah. Then we cut to upstairs where Ryan Reynolds gets out of the uh, elevator makes it into the office on time but ends up running into the mail guy and spilling coffee all over himself he is sort of a dick to that mail guy because he was the one not paying attention and running into the mail guy yeah uh he trades shirts with another person in like the the office pool basically yeah literally as he's adjusting his tie sandra bullock arrives and people fucking scatter they are terrified of her they're instant messaging it's here I love that because this is, so this is 2009. So this predates Slack. But if you work in an office today with Slack, that happens all the time where it's just like, boop, boop, and you get notes about like, did you see so-and-so's bangs? Like 
That is a normal <laughs> part of office culture. Yeah. Anyway, people are terrified of her. Yeah. And this is where we find out that Ryan Reynolds is her assistant and she's kind of running through the things that she has to do today. And at one point she just says, did you call the one with the ugly hands? And he says, <laughs> yes. And then this is the first we hear that her immigration lawyer has been trying to contact her. Yeah. And then... She basically is trying to cancel everything to finish that Oprah deal. And she's kind of dismissive and cold. And then she looks at the coffee cup she's drinking and says, who is Jillian and why does she want me to call her? And he's like, oh, that was originally my cup because your coffee spilled. And she questions. She's like, so you drink unsweetened cinnamon light soy lattes? And we find out that basically he drinks the same thing as her just in case it spills. Yeah. So he's got two chances, basically, which is a bonkers thing to do. Right. And she seems annoyed by it. Yeah. I do love his answer to that. But I love it. It tastes like Christmas in a cup. Christmas in a cup. I thought that was very funny. It does sound really delicious. <laughs> when he was describing it, I was like, ooh, cinnamon. <laughs> um, but yeah she does call it pathetic you're right yep uh so she tells him that they're headed to bob's office and he's like why bob uh he instant messages the whole office he asks her about the manuscript uh and she kind of dismisses it they walk to bob's office and they fire bob because he couldn't get that one author to go on oprah yeah, the one she just barely got to go on Oprah. Right. But what we reveal is that he didn't even really try. He was just like, this author's never going to do it. So I didn't even call him to do it. Did you guys uh, know that Bob is a palindrome? For Bob? Because it's the same back and forth? Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you write that one? <laughs> Did you write that joke, Mikey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me, let me scratch that one off. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys recognize Bob? Bob is Asif Monby. Yes. I love Asif Monby. Well, mainly from his stuff on The Daily Show way, way back in the day. But he's done a bunch of great stuff. He's very, very funny. You mean like very when funny. this movie came out? Yeah, he was on The Daily Show when this yeah. movie came yeah, out. Yeah, he was. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Uh, but she basically tells him, I'll give you two months to find another job, and then you can tell everyone you resigned. Which, to be honest, is pretty generous. That's super nice. Yeah, with his resume, he could probably find a job at any number of publishing houses yeah. and probably take some of his clients with him and then tell people he resigned and no one's the wiser. But instead, they leave the office and she says, don't do it, Bob. And instead, he runs out and calls her a poisonous bitch. Yeah. And he goes off. Yeah. He tears her a new one and then she turns around and just calmly removes his soul from his body. <laughs> like <it's> just... <laughs> She is great. Instant shutdown. It's so, it's so great. I, I kind of love her. Even though she's evil, I'm just like, I aspire to be as evil. It's great. <laughs> um. <laughs> because of, you know, COVID and the distance between us, I've only seen your roasts on YouTube. <laughs> I fully know you are capable of destroying someone's soul like this, Paige. Yeah, usually <laughs> it's when I ask her for advice. <laughs> That's just me giving you good advice. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm roasting you, you'll know it. <laughs> is, this, is this it? No. <laughs> mm -mm. So she tells Ryan Reynolds that they're going to have to work through the weekend. And he's like, but it was my grandma's 90th birthday. I wanted to go home for it. And she's just like, oops. He's just like super accommodating to whatever she asks, even though he is clearly sort of annoyed with her. He's like, oh, yeah, that's fine. I mean, she's had a bunch of birthdays. I'm sure she'll understand, you know, or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. then he sort of consents. But we find out later that he lives in Alaska. So like he would have to have bought plane tickets 
probably month, two months, three months in advance to travel back to Alaska for a day and then to travel back to be back at work by Monday. Like, that's insane. When we get to fun facts, we can go over it. I've got pricing for the flights. Awesome. And the time it would take um, versus yeah. the amount of time they actually have there. Okay. So he calls his family and they are mad, understandably. Yeah. Uh, and she walks in on him talking to his family and she said, did they tell you to quit? And he says, every single day. Yep. She's like, eh, too bad. I do love that when she walks over, he's talking to probably his mom or whatever, because he does say like, yeah. just tell dad it's not my fault i have to work or whatever and then he switches over to like like it was a work call i love that because he doesn't even look over he just like feels her presence orbing up on him and he yes. like changes in an instant it's so good yes so uh we find out that the owners of the company want to talk to sandra bullock and mm -hmm. she says come get me in 10 minutes so she goes upstairs and they're like hey remember when you wouldn't go to the Frankfurt book fair because of your immigration status and you went anyway and she's just like yeah and they were like turns out they're going to deport you over that because you're Canadian and so they're denying your visa you have to leave the country for over a year and she's like well I could work remote and they're like well if you're deported you can't work for an American company is that true? I don't think that's true. I don't 100% know, but I don't think that's true. But it's also, this movie is 10 plus years old. Yeah. I'm sure now immigration laws are much laxer. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a plot device to get them to fall in love. I mean, I get it. It is, yeah. yeah. Also, they're not writers, but they're very writer adjacant. Oh, you mean they're, they're jobs? Yeah. Yes. They're in the writing field. And I mean, print media is dead, so neither of them would have jobs anyway. So like modern day, this movie just wouldn't happen. <laughs> Honestly, in 2009, this job was being phased out already. Yeah. They're like, you're getting deported and we don't need you anymore. Right. But I hear Cracked is hiring. <laughs> oh, good luck. <laughs> no, I mean, not now, but 2009. That was like when it was good. That's true. That's true. 2009 was Pete cracked. If you wanted to have a job for another three to four years and then have your company <laughs> tank around you, it's fine. You had Swaim. You had O'Brien. Yeah. You had Soren Bowie. You had all these industry titans of the era. And then they all departed to the winds. Yep. Now, Ryan Reynolds comes up to interrupt the meeting and he's like, hey, Mary called and I told her that you were otherwise engaged. And the fact that he used yeah. the word engaged. And Mary. And Mary, yeah, we see like a light bulb go off in Sandra Bullock's head and she's like, come in here. But like <laughs> motions for him to come in. And she basically tells her bosses like, hey, we're getting married. So no problem. Yeah, it's not a problem. Let's fix this. It's fine. It's fine. And they're like, we're opening an HR investigation immediately. <laughs> well, no, because <laughs> she kind of blackmails them and she's like, we all know how easy it is to fall for our secretaries and assistants. Right, Edwin? <laughs> And then looks at him and just says, LaQuisha? <laughs> Which you're just like, poor LaQuisha, where does she work now? Like, yeah, oh she's a pawn that got thrown out of this company for some reason. Oh, man. But, dude, I love Ryan Reynolds in this scene because he is just like, no, no, no. 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 <laughs> like, it's so funny. He's so good. I hate him so much. But they basically tell her, like, that's great, perfect, that would solve the problem, just make it legal. So they go to the immigration office to work this out. And literally the office instant messenger already knows about it. Like he, they start walking back downstairs and it literally says Margaret and Andrew are getting married. Yes. Yeah. Immediately. And she basically kind of 
goes on like nothing happened. They're walking to the immigration office and she's like, this is good for both of us. And he's like, I don't understand how it's good for me. And she's like, oh, like you were saving yourself for somebody. And he was like, kind (laughs) of. And she basically says, if you don't marry me, they're going to fire me, which means that they're going to hire the guy that I just fired. And he's going to fire you, which means all of your work, all of the horrible things you've done to work for me, all of the horrible life you've led for the past three years will be for nothing. Yeah. And you will be left with nothing. Or you can marry me and we'll get a divorce and it'll be fine. But this saves your job also. Yeah. Yeah. You know, romance. Yeah, I would call this blackmail, but sure. So they go to the immigration office where she cuts the line, which is crazy. Yeah, not all of this is uh, expressing her trauma, Todd. Sometimes she's just bad. I mean, that is true. Can you imagine? That's like cutting the line at the DMV. Right? Like, good fucking luck. They certainly would take you to a back room or you would get investigated by a cop, though, if you did that. And they literally are like, oh, we've been waiting for you. Come with me. Yeah. And their immigration representative, I guess, officer, uh, is Dennis O'Hare. I love him. He's so good. He's He's so so good good. in this movie. Well, he's been on a million and a half episodes of Law and Order. He's always amazing. Yeah. And that he was the absolute best villain True Blood ever had. Natalie said the exact same thing. Oh, he's so good. That like that's my favorite season. But yeah, also that's just a good one. as a villain, he's so good. But so he basically is immediately like, I got a question for you. Are you both committing fraud so she can keep her job? <laughs> I like how he's upfront about it. Yeah. I love that. We find out that he's asking them because he got a tip from Bob, the guy that they fired. Yeah. And she says something horrible in this. There are some pretty racist things in this movie. This is one of them. Yeah. Where she's like, hey, no, we're just getting married. Just wanted to let you know so you can clear all this up and get back to the gardeners and delivery boys, which is oh, yeah. a brutal I didn't even notice thing that to say. Yeah. Yes. Horrible. Basically, he tells her that there's going to be a scheduled interview you, and he's going to ask questions that a real couple would know and they're going to interview their whole family. And if the answers don't match up, he'll be deported and he could potentially go to prison. And so he basically is like, how about now? Do you want to confess that you're not doing it? No, yes. And he covers for her. Yes. And he basically says the truth is that we're just two people who weren't supposed to fall in love, but we did. We couldn't tell anyone we worked with because of my promotion. It would be deeply inappropriate because she's going to be promoting me to editor, Yeah, which is where he kind of turns the tables of like, oh, oh, you're going to force me to marry you? Then I'm going to get something out of this. Yeah. I like that. I I thought it was great because at first you're like that Ryan Reynolds has no reason really to do this. I get the whole losing his job thing, but he could probably get a job somewhere else. You know, I hear cracked is hiring in 2009. (laughs) He'd be fine ultimately, right? Right. She has the most to lose still on that situation. Here, he has stuff to gain. So, like, it makes more sense to me that she puts him through everything she puts him through. And then he puts up with it. And so they ask about her family and she says well her parents and siblings are dead his family they're alive and he basically says that we're going to tell them about the engagement this weekend for his grandma's 90th birthday at andrew's parents house which he reveals is in sitka Alaska. alaska yeah so he basically says i'll see you guys monday for the interview and the answers better match up they leave the immigration office 
And she basically says, okay, so here's what's going to happen. We're going to go up there, pretend. And then she starts giving him notes of like, got to fly first class, use the air miles. I want the vegan meal. Why aren't you taking notes? And he basically is like, um, hey, I need you to formally agree to that promotion and politely ask me to marry you yeah. because I'm looking at a fine in jail time. And if you don't do it, I'll just quit. Because that's my only other option. And promote him now, not in two years, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And he, she's just like, no, I'm not going to do all that. He's like, all right, cool. Have fun have fun in Canada yeah. and starts walking Bye. away. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy the poutine. <laughs> Listen, that is the one thing I would enjoy. Poutine is amazing. So oh, so good. Guys, so we just got good. a P.O. So box. Delicious. Send us poutine. It does not keep, but it's so good. Uh, so... <laughs> Do we want to talk about the reality of the flights to Alaska at this point? Can I guess, Paige? Yes. Okay, so a flight from here to L.A. is like four and a half hours. Uh-huh. And that's probably about half of the time it would be. I'm going to say 10 hours from New York City to Alaska. 12 hours. Oh, my God. That's so, that's insane. Yeah. That is a long-ass flight. So probably about $1,000. 12 hours with two stops. Okay. Okay. If you wanted to fly coach, it would be about a thousand dollars each way. Well, what's first class? Cause they fly first class. Sorry. Uh, it's coach was like 800 some odd dollars each way. So almost, you know, like on the high end, Man. uh, first class would have been closer to 1500 each way because Oof. you can only go first class so far. Yeah. Because you can't go first class on the little puddle jumpers. That's just right. She's mega rich because doesn't she live like oh, on like yeah. Central Park West? She says, Yeah. I have numbers on that too. I have numbers on where she lives, uh, her shoes, her bags, her clothes. I have notes on all of it. Nice. Uh, and we can cover it all at the end or we can cover it all now. It's up to you guys. Let's cover it all at the end when we normally cover shit like that. But I will say Natalie was like, ooh, that's this in this bag. That's a Louis Vuitton suitcase. Those yep. are Christian Louboutin shoes. That's, like she- I noticed the Louboutins and I was just like, oh, that bitch is climbing down a ladder in $800 shoes. <laughs> well, and you notice them in this scene too because she bends over. Yeah. You see those bloody, bloody shoes. shoes. Yeah, absolutely. So they end up on the plane and she is reviewing the questions and he knows all the answers about her, but she knows nothing about him. And this is where right. he kind of asks her about her tattoo. And cause he knows that she's supposed to have it removed, but then she chose not to. Yeah. One of the questions is whose place did they stay at where she reveals that she lives at central park West. So they arrive at the airport where his family is all there to meet them. And he introduces them to her and they're very, very nice. And she's yeah. kind of cold and this is where Betty White says, do you prefer Margaret or Satan's mistress? Because we've heard both. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I'm just kidding. And I'm like, she's not. She's Betty not White kidding. does not say she's just kidding. The mother, who was also in Happiest Season. I can't remember yes. her name, but she's great. But yeah, she's the one that says she's just kidding. And then Sandra Bullock is all like, oh, okay. So they all pile <laughs> into a car to head to the dock. But to do that, they have to drive through town where literally every single store is named after his family yeah his family owns basically the whole town they arrive at the dock and this is where we find out that they've canceled their hotel reservation because they want them to stay at the house which we will find out is massive yeah it's like a mansion yeah it's huge and he makes her carry her own luggage 
He accidentally throws it into the water. She can't swim, so she's worried about getting on the boat. But I love that he, she says, I can't swim. And he says, yeah, hence the boat. <laughs> like, the, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the only way to get there. And she has to climb down a ladder in six and a half inch stiletto Louboutins. Would you not just take them off? You would totally take them off. Yeah, like why would you? I mean, I get you're doing it for the movie. Like, I understand that. You would just take them off. I do love that when she's climbing down, he sexually assaults his boss for the first time. Yeah, he puts a hand on her ass. Yeah, yeah. he's just supporting her or whatever, but probably not the most <laughs> appropriate thing to do. Yep. But anyway, so she gets down the ladder, and then as she's carrying her luggage and stuff, one of them falls into the water, this Louis Vuitton bag. It's a carry-all or a keep-it-all bag. Yeah, but it falls in the water, and then Ryan Reynolds go, ooh, five-second rule. Yeah. <laughs> and they grab it and pull it back out. God, I love that. He's so good in this movie. Have I said that? Yeah. It, I mean, she's lucky it floated is all I'm going to say. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. that bag's super expensive. I have numbers on it. I, I did find her exact luggage. Yes. Oh, I love it. It's not as nice as the Joe versus Volcano luggage. That's true. That's true. But it did float. So like maybe it is. <laughs> but they pile into like a little speedboat and head towards the house. And as they're coming up on it, she just says, why did you tell me you were poor? And he says, I didn't tell you I was poor. And she's like, why didn't you tell me you were rich? And he says, I'm not. My parents are rich. And then she goes, that's some shit rich people say. It is. And I was like, that's 100% shit rich people would say. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who's she to talk? She lives at Central Park. Well, yeah, she, but she's never said I'm not rich. She's wearing Louboutins on a dock. She's clearly yeah. rich. Well, yeah, that's the difference between old money and new money. <laughs> that's true. That is true. So as they approach the house, there's like a welcoming party. They're all excited to meet her. And essentially, she and Ryan Reynolds are like, okay, we've got to stop fighting. Yeah, good luck. Because we have to convince these people that we're getting married. We can't blow it. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I can totally be the doting boyfriend. You just have to stop snacking on children while they dream. <laughs> Which is <laughs> such a crazy thing to say, but I love it. Yeah, I loved it too. That was great. And she's kind of cold to everybody she's not used to having to be this outgoing and not be ordering people around i think yeah and his dad's kind of not super happy she's there either so he and his dad kind of leave and go to another room and they have a conversation where he's like you show up with somebody you hated to introduce to your mom i don't like i didn't figure you for somebody who slept to the middle yeah which is like oof yeah, dude, Craig T. Nelson is harsh in this. Yeah. And he's kind of right on the money. I yeah. mean, he's not incorrect. He's just very rude about it. So to spite his dad, he basically tells him, like, she's not my meal ticket. She's my fiance. So he blows it. Like, he was going to be careful about. He throws it in his face, Paige. Yeah. Meanwhile, as he's doing that, uh, Oscar Nunez from the office is playing Ramon who has 50 million jobs in this movie. If you had to describe his role in this movie, it is that he has every cameo. Oh, I was going to say, if you had to describe his role in this movie, it's Hank Azaria's role in Birdcage. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I love Birdcage so much. Is that a rom-com? I'm not going to argue against you. I, we're going to have to do Birdcage at some point because I, I like, fucking I love had an experience the first time I watched that movie. Oscar Nunez, as Ramon, forces her to eat fish. She ends up spitting it out. God, that's what I would do. I just don't like fish. And it is largely a texture thing, like she says. I yeah. don't like it. 
I also don't like other people's fingers in my mouth. So like both counts. I like it. Oh, well, okay. It depends on the person. I don't like a stranger's fingers <laughs> in my mouth. Let me put it that you know way. I like finger foods. Mikey, I know what I'm doing the first time I see you after this quarantine. Sticking a <laughs> finger in his mouth? Yes. I'm going to fish hook you so hard, bro. He's already vaccinated. You can do it now. No, that's not how it works. I don't have my rabies vaccination. <laughs> so he announces the engagement to everybody. Yeah. Uh, and everyone claps. So it was clearly done for spite. They pour champagne. And then Malin Ackerman is here to have lines that have no bearing on the rest of the film. Do you think they cut her part, her like her side story or whatever? I wish they'd cut it completely. <laughs> I honestly don't think they did. Although I do think that she was brought there by his parents to convince him to marry her and stay in Alaska. Yes. So she is there all weekend yeah. to watch her ex-boyfriend, who she was with all through college, she says, yeah. fall in love and decide to marry someone else. But also we find out later that she ended it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which to me, at, at the point that we find out that she ended it and she was just like, yeah, New York is his dream. So good for you guys. I was like, why is she here? Yeah. She's here to, for me to be like, I'd marry a woman like that. I'd move to Alaska and marry a <laughs> kindergarten teacher or whatever. <laughs> Mainland Ackerman is a, a crush of mine. Oh. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, you can have her, Mike. Yeah, have fun. Uh, they try to get them to tell the story of how they proposed. Yes. And they kind of alternate telling a story that makes no sense um, where he's like hand cutting out confetti, standing and kneeling. It's like a whole thing. I do love that. Like she starts telling the story and it starts to make him sound sort of wimpy and emasculate him on some level. Then he takes over and then he's like, no, I was like, I did it like a man. It was like a man did it. And then she <laughs> takes back over and like talking about the decoupage box that he made. And it's like With pictures of himself on it, which yeah. I was just like, she's describing the work of a serial killer. <laughs> I mean, under normal circumstances. Yes. If you are as handsome as Ryan Reynolds, the gift you give your fiance is yourself. His mirrors to put by the bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she can watch you take her to pound town page <laughs> it's all about the journey to pound town. <laughs> and also the journey you play while you're having sex because oh yes faithfully oh my god now i'm just gonna be singing journey in my head the whole time and i hate you for <laughs> someday it, ryan reynolds will find you break those chains Change that bind you, you. One night he'll be behind you. Why you love him in romantic movies. Oh my God. My Zoom just came up with a thing where it's like, are you playing music? <laughs> That's how good we are, Paige. That's how good we are. We got a DCMA strike on Zoom. Yeah, she, like, two more strikes, we disconnect your call. Zoom just lowered a disco ball? I don't know what's happening. Is she playing air guitar? This is an audio medium. <laughs> anyway, they try to get them to kiss. First they kiss on the hand, and then they do just like a little peck. And then a guy in the crowd just goes, kiss her on the mouth like you mean it. And it was... <laughs> He shows up at the end of the movie. He comes yeah, he back. Comes back. He, that's me and Todd at parties where we're like not emotionally invested <laughs> in anything. And I was like, kiss are real good. Yeah. 
Because you don't want it to be like your cousin who says that. Oh, I thought you meant the cousin you kiss. Yeah, you don't want it to be. Yeah, that's right. See, that's the thing. Malin Ackerman's been his cousin the whole time. It's Alaska. There's a phrase about Alaska because it's like one woman to every 10 men in Alaska. They have their run of the litter, man. They can have whatever they want. Basically, what it says is the odds are good, but the goods are odd. (laughs) Oh, this is the thing. I Ah. have known many people from Alaska and they have said that to me. That's going to be my new pickup line at a bar when we get bars again. (laughs) And you're, you're the goods, Mikey. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, if she like looks over at me and be like, the odds are good, but the goods are odd. I only have one testicle. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is a shit show. This is a shit show. <laughs> yeah, and I have to edit it before Thursday, you asshats. Oh, fuck, I forgot about that. I'm sorry. Anyway, so they kiss, and there's this like... Hang on, Paige, I am so sorry. Have you seen the Separate Ways music video? No. <laughs> Todd's like, get on track. Wait, Paige. This is my <laughs> this is my fault. I'll own this. Todd, in the future, blame yourself. But it is fucking bonkers. Okay, go watch the Separate Ways music video and just know they were like, we got to do a music video. And they're like, what the fuck is a music video? I don't know. Let's go to the dock. We have 30 minutes to shoot one. <laughs> go. That is like, that is the music video. It's insane. So they kiss and something seems different like things have maybe changed yeah but not completely so they get hugs from grandma the whole family is happy they show them up to this gorgeous bedroom and she kind of asks like oh where's andrew gonna stay and she's like with you stupid you're engaged like what's wrong you're like 42 years old (laughs) (laughs) listen i think that that's awesome speaking as someone who has to stay in another bedroom when i go visit natalie's family like but also isn't it nice to stretch out sometimes like my husband are married (laughs) and sometimes we still sleep in separate beds when we get to my parents house because like i get all the blankets okay i think that speaks to something deeper in your relationship i prefer to sleep next to natalie (laughs) yeah the security of your relationship I'm super secure. <laughs> I, I know just also know about. I like blankets. <laughs> yeah. And then whose PJs is he going to wear if she sleeps in a different room? <laughs> Are you insinuating that I wear Natalie's PJs? My you team? are right now. <laughs> she's the big spoon. She's the eighth layer. He has to put her on to sleep. <laughs> she calls you your, her baby babushka because you, you, you're, like, you're like, you know, the things that go. What are the the. Russian dolls, Mikey. You know the word babushka, but not the word Russian doll. So they're going to be in the same bedroom and sleep together. Yes. Although Ryan Reynolds is going to sleep on the floor. Right. An adorable dog runs in. It's this just fluffy, white, so fluffy I want to die. And they've named it Kevin. Yeah, which is a weird name. Like, we got to talk about Kevin, right? Like, Sandra Bullock is like, what is it? What is it? It's a dog, you idiot. You know what a dog is. Yeah, she had to get 101 of them to make her coat. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, she checks the boxes for Cruella DeVille. Lives at Central Park West. Is rich. Has very expensive taste in clothing. Bloody shoes. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. She is definitely the 2000 aughts. Of the Cruella de Vil. You know what her favorite skirt is? A poodle skirt? A poodle skirt, face, yes! <laughs> <laughs> Betty White tells her that they can't let the dog out. 
Oh, yeah. Betty White's in this movie. How have we not talked about that? Oh, the fact that Betty White is playing a younger version of herself in this movie, turning 90. <laughs> <laughs> she is great. I love Betty White. I'm going to be sad when we lose her. She's an amazing, amazing person. She steals this movie. She does steal this she movie. Does. I'm not going to be. I mean, I'll be sad that she's no longer with us, but I'll also be like, good girl. You need a chance to sit down. Yeah, she's honestly only gotten busier later in life, and she's been a working actress forever. Yeah, she's she's amazing. amazing, and she tells Sandra Bullock that they can't let the dog outside or an eagle will get him. <laughs> yes. And then gives them a quilt that has special powers. She calls it the baby maker. Oh, man, I love the way they handle that quilt throughout the rest <laughs> of the like, movie. They don't it want it to touch awesome. the bed. They're, like, terrified I, I of know, it. and Sandra <laughs> keeps throwing it across the room, yeah. I love it. It's so funny. So they say goodnight and they kind of start talking to each other. And Sandra Bullock is like, yeah, it seems like you haven't been home in a while. And he's like, yeah, I haven't really had vacation time. Yeah, you dick. And she asks him not to look to basically close his eyes. He doesn't. What are your thoughts on if you're being forced to marry your boss, you get to see her naked? I mean, is that a rule? I feel like it's a fair trade off, but I think consent is still important. <laughs> That's true. The mitigating factor in all of this is consent. Page. I mean, yes. everyone's blackmailed in this movie. I hear. OK, here's my two cents. If you have to marry somebody, you might as well have sex with them, right? <laughs> it's not a legal marriage. It's going to be pretty damn legal pretty damn soon. Unless you consummate it. That's debatable. I, I would say that people can definitely be married and not consummate it. But all I'm saying is like, why not though? <laughs> like, I get you. It's like when you like share a cab. Yeah, having sex is a lot like sharing a cab. That's right. That's fair. The meter's still running? What kind of sex are you having? <laughs> I'm just saying like, you know, you're in an Uber pool. Like you're paying for the amount of time that they're there. Mikey, are you buying escort? <laughs> No, I'm too cheap. <laughs> All I'm saying is that if you're as attractive as Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds in this movie, yeah, you probably would taste it a little bit. Taste what? The forbidden fruit, Mikey. Taste it was the forbidden not fruit. Weird. Oh, yeah, yes. And I, I was like, which body part is he? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about our conversation about how Todd feels about Ryan Reynolds earlier, and I'm like, I bet he does want to taste it. I bet he does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Listen, I am as straight as they come. Clearly you're not. <laughs> Sexuality is a spectrum, and you're on it somewhere. Yeah, that I mean, that is something I have said, and I still stand by it. But Ryan Reynolds is very handsome in this movie. To deny it would be a lie. You would let him baby bird you. <laughs> Out of his south mouth. <laughs> all of this to say, all of this to say, this movie needed about three more sex scenes than it has, which is zero. I agree. Yeah, sure. But consent is important. But Paige, at this point, when she's coming out of the bathroom the first time and she's like asking him if his eyes are closed, she is wearing what I think is very like sensible, like not sexy, not revealing jammies. It's silky. But that's the only thing I would call sexy about it. They just look like pajamas to me. Yeah, they look like pajamas. Like these are like uh, fourth year of marriage pajamas. Yeah, sure. If you guys wear pajamas and if that's what you do in your life, fine. That's just preventing access. If you want to hide your beautiful naked form. <laughs> if you don't want to just close all the blinds in your house so you can walk around naked at all times, then, I mean, I don't get it. And it's unnatural, but you do you. Paige, I will have you know that we don't have blinds anywhere in my new house. We will eventually, but we don't have them yet. 
I was walking around naked this morning. Good for you. Claim your territory. <laughs> but would you wear pajamas at your in-laws? I mean, sure. But, okay. but here's the thing. The door's closed. Nobody's there. They gave them the baby maker. If they walk in and she's naked, just be like, what'd you expect? Yeah. I'm making babies. This how make baby do. <laughs> this how make baby <laughs> do. Fucking leave me alone. <laughs> anyway, so he kind of criticizes her pajama choice. And she's like, well, I thought I was going to be in a hotel alone. Yeah. He closes the curtains because they're in Alaska. And so it's sunny, like almost all day and all night. During the summer, at least. Yeah. They wake up the next morning. The phone rings. Uh, he kind of sleeps through it, but he knows that it's in her purse in the side pocket. Yeah. She grabs the phone. She goes outside to take the call. Kevin, the dog, follows her outside. And Eagle snatches the dog. <laughs> Which is so funny. Yes, like picks it up and flies away with it. And goes to carry it off and then drops him. So she catches the dog. Well, she only, the Eagle only drops him after Sandra Bullock throws her phone right. at it. Uh, so it drops him. She picks up the phone and picks up the dog. And she's trying to run back to the house holding her phone up. And the eagle swoops down and takes her phone. Yeah. And she was in the middle of a phone call with the guy who doesn't want to do Oprah because he's foolish. So. Yes. Meanwhile, Ryan Reynolds's mom and grandma are watching from the window. And they're like, oh, she's playing with the dog. They're finally like bonding. <laughs> Even though that's not at all what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, because what she's actually doing, she's offering the dog to the eagle. In exchange for the phone. Yeah. yeah. This is classic <laughs> rom-com hijinks. <laughs> You know, dog murder. <laughs> and the dog is safe. It's fine. Ryan Reynolds comes out and he's like, we'll order another phone. It's fine. But today you're going out with mom and the girls and they have a big surprise for you. And you're going to give me a nice big hug so it doesn't look like we're fighting. And he ends up patting her butt and she just says, I will cut your balls. <laughs> so they're doing great. Yeah, they're definitely falling in love. Right, Paige? So much. If the baby maker had been around them, there'd be like so many babies, like the <laughs> most babies. So he goes to talk to his dad who's playing golf and literally just like driving balls into the water. And we find out that they're eco balls that dissolve, which is kind okay, of- Okay, because like my whole thing was like, how expensive is this? Well, they're rich as shit, man. They don't care about money. They are like the Alaskan Kennedys. I mean, yeah, I mean, Todd is right. They are like the Alaskan Kennedys in that his father definitely murdered Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drug overdose, <sighs> wanky blanky. Actually, there's a really interesting theory that uh, her doctors accidentally overdosed her and then hid it and covered it up, which I, th I think is a really interesting. Theory. I believe it. Anyway, his dad is basically like, hey, I owe you an apology. I wasn't nice to you yesterday. I'm, I'm trying to be better about it. But I've been going over my retirement plans and basically he and Ryan Reynolds get into an argument of Ryan Reynolds being like, I'm not moving back here to take over the business. I have my own life. And him being like, you're my only child. You have responsibilities here. Yeah, you're my only heir, more or less. Yeah. You have to take over this empire and be rich as shit the rest of your life. I don't want your life. <laughs> this is the I don't want your life moment. Yes. And it comes down to him being like, my life in New York makes me happy. And his dad basically says, well, if that makes you happy, I've got nothing to say to you, which is fair because he is clearly unhappy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like his dad's being a dick, but also the fact that he's like, I'm happy in New York. I'm like, you're not. You do not have a work-life balance. I think he likes what he's doing, but he doesn't want to do the job he's in forever. He wants to be an editor, which is why he's doing what he's doing with her. Right. So... 
all of the girls are out in the town for their big surprise and they're at a male review. Yeah. And oh my God, it's Oscar Nunez playing Ramon. And they basically say he's the only exotic dancer on the island, but they're, they're happy lucky to, to have, have him. him. Yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. It's so terrible. Um, here's what I love. He commits yes. so hard. He sells every second of it. It is a tour de force performance. He leaves <laughs> nothing, nothing on the table. He leaves it all on the stage. And I am so, yes. I was just like, you earned it, man. Man, Paige has a type. No, not into it. Fully repulsed. But at the same time, <laughs> would watch it again. All the, the faces he is making. Yeah. Amazing. There's no way he didn't practice this in front of a mirror for hours and i am there for that kind of commitment i don't think he practiced at all i think he i think he did one take honestly <laughs> he might it. that would have been even funnier you know 100 percent during the credits those scenes were all improv and yes. his are the funniest did you guys not see his uh magic mic spinoff outstanding oscar <laughs> I would watch Outstanding Oscar after this. Yeah. So he finishes grinding on Sandra Bullock. Oh my God. It's so funny. Yeah. He's so good. So she goes outside to get some air. Malin Ackerman comes out to say things that are not going to necessarily have any bearing on the film. <laughs> I do love that they have this conversation because we get a little bit more information that Ryan Reynolds and Malin Ackerman dated in high school and all through college. So like right. it could be five to eight years they dated and then they sort of stop talking. And then you see the door open as Malin Ackerman goes back into the mail review and Oscar is on stage and Betty White is on yes. stage with him. And it's just like a nothing shot, but Betty White is losing her shit. It's so funny. She's amazing in this movie. It's great. And the only thing we really find out from this scene that's interesting to the story is that he had proposed to her and wanted to elope to New York. So New York yes. is his dream. That's where he wants to be. And this has now been corroborated by him telling other people and then her telling Margaret. Yeah. And we can also tell that Melon Ackerman still thinks he's a wonderful, awesome guy, right? Yeah. The only thing that this kind of was a little strange for me is that everyone establishes that he hasn't been home in three years. Yeah. But they don't establish how long he's been in New York. Everyone says three years. And so part of me is like, so are they trying to argue that definitely 35-year-old Ryan Reynolds is 27 in this movie? <laughs> Yeah, and they're trying to argue that she's in her mid-30s. I guess. <laughs> I mean, but they both look great. Like, whatever, man. Yeah. They're doing it right. Yeah, they're keeping it tight. Eh. I mean, they're they're gorgeous people. Yeah. They just look mature. I just feel like it's a weird... Just say that he's been there for 10 years and only worked for her for three. Like, whatever it is, it's it was just strange to me that they were just like, yeah, he's only been there for like three years. Well, he had to walk. <laughs> <laughs> he had to walk from Alaska to New York. <gasps> Yeah, and he choke slammed like three kids on the way. <laughs> he had to do it. So Ramon and Grandma have like a little thing where she's like, he really is the best. He was giving it all today, which is really funny. <laughs> and they come back to the house where Ryan Reynolds is, for lack of other words to describe this, making an anger canoe. Yes. This is his chopping wood. It is his chopping wood. And this is not the first movie he chops wood in or the only movie he chops wood That's in. That's true because in Amityville, he does it as well. Yeah. We haven't done it on the horror version, but we've talked about it on the horror version. <laughs> Men chop wood. That's how we process feelings yeah. or make canoes. Yeah. They do things with their hands with wood. Yeah. It's a masturbation allegory page. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> his mom kind of confronts his dad about like, what did you do? And he's like, well, I just had a frank conversation with him about the future. And then she's like, he'll never come home now. So this was clearly her plan all along was for him to come out and for them to try and argue for him to come home. Yeah. I think that's why they invited Alan, Malin Ackerman. Yeah. And while they're arguing about it, Sandra Bullock is kind of overhearing it. Yeah. And his mom is basically like, you need to support the two of them no matter what, because I'm not going to lose our son, basically. Yeah. So she goes upstairs. She is in the shower. He comes upstairs while she's showering with headphones in. So he doesn't know. He right. walks out onto the balcony and gets naked. I don't understand that one, except that I want to do it. I mean, there's no one around. It's beautiful. Why not get naked in it? Gets super naked. Yeah. Except there are people around. Well, just that gardener working on that golf hole. <laughs> the staff <laughs> of dozens in the yard just like, ugh. Oh, I found your balls up there. You'll need to add four <laughs> strokes. <laughs> so she is stuck in the bathroom because there's no towels. There's just a tiny towel. Uh, so she has to try and get out of the bathroom to get a towel. Yeah, the dog keeps her in the bathroom because she's scared of the dog or whatever. I don't know. She lures the dog into the bathroom she closes the bathroom with the dog inside it and then as she's running to go get a towel naked ryan reynolds is naked and they collide and you see mm-hmm. like top to bottom collision of nakedness and then them slide to the floor with ryan like on his back and her on top of him that's how that's 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 it that's sex <laughs> i mean not far off what you do is you stand across the room from each other completely naked run at each other and smash as hard as you can Oh, Todd, what? You've never read Rovered? <laughs> Bed Rover is what it should be. Bed Rover. Been that ass right over. <laughs> I think we should at this point reveal that Mikey is single, ladies. <laughs> I do like that she screams, why are you naked? And he screams, why are you wet? <laughs> Which is pretty funny he basically makes fun of her for being afraid of the dog because the dog is nice to him. He also basically says that he's, see- he's seen her tattoo now. Yeah. Well, and everything else. Right. Well, you don't want to focus on that. You want to be like, I saw your tattoo. It's nice. It says Michael right over your nipple. Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's my brother who died in 9-11. Um... <laughs> God damn you for making us watch that movie, Mikey. God damn you to hell. Have you guys been thinking about it? Yes. Oh, so much. Non-stop. <laughs> You're the worst. I haven't taken this janket off. <laughs> Every morning I just go outside and I stare up into the sky and I'm like, why? My neighbors are wondering why I get up at 6.30 every morning and just walk out into my backyard and yell, why? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is as good a time at any as to reveal that my parents watched it before the episode came out and both hated it. But then my mom texted me and was like, I think Pierce Brosnan knew. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and she was like, I think somehow he knew that the towers were going to fall. And that's why he sent them there. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Wow. Are you arguing that within this movie, <laughs> 9-11 was an inside job and their inside man was Pierce Brosnan? <laughs> Who throughout the whole movie has a real the wrong damn kid died vibe. All right, listeners, let's throw out this. Paige's dad was so upset about this movie. He DMs me on Instagram <laughs> being like, why would you like this movie? And I said, I don't. But now you understand why I made you watch it. (laughs) I think, and this is a hot take maybe, 
I think Remember Me is like the It Follows of movies. When you see it, you have to give it to somebody else or it will kill you. It's like the ring. So we cut to them in in bed where she's in bed. He's on the floor. Yeah. She basically is like, what's the deal with you and your dad? And he does not want to talk about it. He shuts it down immediately. Yeah. He's like, that is off limits. She does something that I actually think is really nice. And something I think that this movie does well is demonstrating them getting to know each other, even though they've known each other for years, um, where she just basically is like, well, if you're not going to talk about it, uh, here are all the things that I'm embarrassed to tell people, basically, of like, here's everything. Um, where I like the psychic network. I took disco lessons. Uh, my first uh, concert was Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. And she talks about that tattoo. And one of the things that I really like about this scene is the way it's shot is it's like they're on opposite sides of the bed, even yeah. though they're on opposite sides of the room. And I really, really like it. She's right justified. He's left justified. So it's like they're laying next to each other, even though they're yeah. in two different locations of the room. Yeah. It's cute. And they have chemi- they have good chemistry. They do. I think they do have chemistry. Yeah. They do. And he he gets her to sing It Takes Two, which is the Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. That, it takes two to make a thing go right. It takes two to make it out of sight. Yeah. I love that song. Tough to sing. I know. I Honestly, I've been laughing so hard while we're recording this that it's hard for me to sing falsetto right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, one of the things that she also reveals in this scene is that she cried after that guy called her a poisonous bitch. Yeah. So she's not impervious. She's not the ice queen that everyone thinks she is. It is a defense mechanism. And they kind of sing along together. And it's very, very sweet. Well, he does reveal that he was just trying to get her to sing it because he right. fully knew what the song, it, what song it was. Yes. And mm-hmm. then they do sing it together. Yeah, it's cute. This is when he falls in love with his captor. Yeah, this is very much in the stage of, you know, here's a beautiful library for you to hang out in, Belle. <laughs> I, I like that we're, we're talking about Stockholm Syndrome this week, and you guys have no idea what we're going to watch next week, and buckle the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> buckle up your oh shit belts. Paige has got a plan. Love, love a good movie threat halfway through recording. <laughs> movie threat is what this podcast should have been called. I'm going to make you watch this fucking movie. (laughs) Uh, So we cut to the next morning where his mom is bringing them cinnamon rolls. So they have to scramble to get in bed together. Uh, He has a morning erection, which she's just like, ew, gross. And I'm just like, he's an adult person. And it's the morning. It happens. (laughs) But the funny thing in the scene is they don't really seem to know how to cuddle, which is pretty funny where he's got like his arm around her head. Yeah. (laughs) It's just clear that like, they have never cuddled before because you do sort of have to like learn how you fit in with somebody and like mm-hmm. how you do all that. And she gets way too close to him. She's like laying on him. So right. his arm is like way over her head because he's, right. she's too close. I thought that was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. And so basically his whole family comes in and they're like, Hey, you guys should get married here tomorrow. So everyone can be here. And so grandma can be here before she dies. This is insane, right? Oh, yes. yes. This is bonkers. This is when the movie goes full on romantic comedy bonkers. Because even if they were really in love, that's also really bonkers to just be like, let's get married tomorrow. I think that if they were really in love, it would have been a definite no. I think the fact that it is a sham is why they say yes. I I think it depends. So. I feel like if you were really engaged and not newly engaged, like had been engaged for a while, are planning 
your wedding. I think depending on what your wedding plans are would dictate whether or not this would appeal to you. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's fair. The reason I say that is because if she was super in love with Ryan Reynolds, super jazzed to marry him, she is such a type A person. She has everything planned for the wedding already. That's fair. There's no way she's not going to do that. Ryan Reynolds probably would be fine with it because he's more of like a go with the flow kind of guy. But there's no way she would if this was like her dream wedding. Maybe, but she is an orphan. She is an orphan and she is old. Um, Oh, God. No, here's what I will say. I was not a dream wedding person. I ended up having what I would say is probably one of my favorite weddings I've ever been to. And I had a great time. No regrets. Yeah, everyone who's been there has said it was amazing. And we are so glad we got an invite. Yeah, it must have been go, nice, I didn't Paige. get to land at LAX and go down the PCB. <laughs> you would have had to go down the PCH, or up the PCH. Anyway, but so yeah. for me, I had considered eloping a couple times just because the, the stress of planning the wedding was not appealing to me. And in her shoes, I might have taken the out and been like, yeah, let, let's get married tomorrow. Why not? You know, I mean, if I had no family yeah. and I was in love with someone, I would probably be like that. I probably yeah. would, too. Honestly, how much would it cost to rent five tuxes at once for you to fit in? Here? <laughs> <laughs> the entire wedding budget was spent on wardrobe. I'm going to need a small, medium, large, extra large, and extra, extra large tux for me. I'm just picturing Joey in that episode of Friends. Yeah. Like, I put on all your clothes. That's just if it's a spring wedding. That's just if it's a spring wedding because then you have to account for the parkas. Uh, so, I mean, and what we do see of this wedding later, it's a beautiful wedding. Like, it is. I think it would be a stretch to think that they could pull that off in a day, but like, you know, if you had planned to be there for a couple of weeks, we know that it's a long flight. They don't get to see them often. This makes sense to me. Like, we at one point considered having a, a wedding in California and a wedding in Texas and ended up choosing not to do that, but like, it's not crazy, except that they're not really a couple. That's the crazy part. Yeah. So they kind of soft agree to do it because grandma's like, I could die at any time. I love Betty White. And she plays the I'm dying card so many times to amazing effect in this. Yes. And they basically, his, you know, the family goes out and they freak out for a second. And or Ryan Reynolds freaks out and he's like, if they find out it's a sham, they're going to be crushed. It'll kill my grandma. Yeah, he's like, they're, yeah. so she basically is like, they're not going to find out it's going to be okay. And she's like consoling him, like rubbing his shoulders and like hugging onto him and stuff. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, wait, we're not together. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Uh, so she decides to go get some air and rides a bike through the woods, kind of like we saw in the beginning of the movie. Clearly, it's something that relaxes her. Yeah. She rides through nature, but just says, I hate nature. I just wanted some air, which is really funny. Well, she's riding off road on a, a very like road, like built bike. Right. That's got like a basket on the front. She's wearing flats. She's not prepared for this. No, not at all. And she stops when she hears some chanting around a fire. And it turns out that it's grandma appropriating indigenous cultures. <laughs> okay okay i am glad we're here because people i like i talked about this movie at work today and people brought up this scene a bunch and i was like this scene i think is a little offensive yeah i was pretty offended by it yeah before Paige said that i was gonna say this scene reminds me a lot of my mother because my mom does stuff like this and also loves little john <laughs> well, Betty White's not the one singing Little John. And I, I have a question about this because Betty White's character is a descendant from whatever indigenous tribe, right? They talk a little bit about it, and I don't know. I know Betty White is not 
in real life. That that's kind of the problem I have with it. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so best case scenario, it's whitewashed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing, so it does mention that she's a descendant of whatever that tribe is. Yes. But it's not necessarily like these rights are not indicative of that tribe. She is not indigenous herself. These are made up traditions for the purpose of looking foolish. So I'm going to err on the side of this is pretty racist and has not aged well. And honestly, I don't even know why you need this scene in the movie. The purpose of this scene within this movie is to give her vulnerability. Okay. Which she has not had a lot of in this movie, except for the night before when she kind of bears her soul to him. And I think this serves to kind of further break down that wall of her yeah. getting to be her and not being the hard exterior that we've come to expect from her. Right. But I think there were many other ways to do it. And this is not Agreed. a great way to do it. Like it does great on the boat when she has like the panic attack on the boat later on. Yeah, but I think they could have they could have had her and the grandmother go for a walk together and been vulnerable, like an emotionally vulnerable conversation. Yeah, well, or you know, here's the thing: just take the indigenous element out of it. The grandma's been on that island forever. There's a bunch of old ladies on that island. They're all friends. Maybe it's a family tradition that they have that's foolish. That is so easy and could keep the scene almost the same. You know, and that's the difference. The reason I don't think you need this scene at all is only because the emotional moment they have at the dress fitting. Yeah. So that's why I sort of felt like this scene was just to get Betty White, who is very funny, to get a laugh with her yeah. looking foolish. And I just don't need it, especially if in the context of the appropriation. I think if this movie came out this year, you would not see this scene at all. Right. But anyway, so they start dancing around this fire and uh, Betty White is chanting some whatever. And then it's supposed to help with fertility. Yeah. Sure. And then Sandra Bullock starts singing Little John, which probably also helps with fertility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, that's gonna sound terrible I think Sorry I know but I can just grab it From one of his songs And drop it in So it's fine <laughs> There you go Are you okay with that Little John? Yeah I thought you would be <laughs> Little John What is the abbreviation Of Oklahoma? Okay <laughs> Nice Okay it's good to know Good to know Thank you Little John Thank you so much Thank you I, I, I'm not good at geography Ladies and gentlemen Little John Give, give it up for him Now get the fuck out of here what? <laughs> Ryan Reynolds stumbles upon them in the woods uh, for no good reason. He had no reason to be there. It's kind of weird and convenient. I think he just went to go find her. I don't know, though. Yeah, probably. I mean, they had a weird moment. He was going to find her. Whatever. So he basically says, hey, your phone uh, arrived at the general store. Let's go pick it up. Yeah. Uh, so they go to the general store where Ramon also works. I do think at some point we're going to have to talk about whether Ramon is an indentured servant to their family. I was leaning more towards Christmas Angel. <laughs> I was thinking that this island is actually the island of Dr. Monroe and Ramon is cloned. Oh my God. It's multiplicity, but we're watching a different story inside that universe. <laughs> Marlon Brando's back there like, Ramon Forty. <laughs> Go, you will be the male dancer. Okay, at the end of the movie, if they revealed that Ramon was a, a set of triplets... I would be on board for that. That would, that would be amazing. Hilarious. Yeah. Well, I had I had a Ramon joke pitch for later in the movie that I will let you know that I was kind of mad that they didn't do it. Okay. That would have made me piss myself laughing. Um, but revealing that Ramon is triplets would have been hilarious as well. Thank you. So she has 37 messages and she's like, I need to get to a computer because apparently she didn't bring a laptop. 
No, she didn't. Honestly, 2009, she should have had a laptop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she goes to the internet cafe and it is dial-up. Yeah. And it's dime-based dial-up. Oh, God. But this is where Ryan Reynolds sees Malin Ackerman and he goes to talk to her. We don't get to hear that conversation, but she looks over and she looks like she's like, oh, I wonder what they're talking about. Like she like is nervous about him like falling for her again which never pays off it doesn't no right it's like they cut scenes yeah you could cut her out of this movie completely yeah so as they're leaving the internet cafe his mom and grandmother steal her they basically take her to go try on his grandmother's wedding dress which very loose in the boobs i love that she's like i'm already a little bit chesty myself and I was knocked up when I wore this. Yeah. And then they go for an Easter egg hunt for Sandra Bullock's boobs. <laughs> yeah, for like five whole minutes, which is weird. Yeah. That's all I would need. But, <laughs> uh, but they're, they're tailoring the dress. And as they're kind of pinning it into place, his mom is like, hey, maybe we could come down your way for the holidays. And Sandra Bullock's like, or maybe we could come to you. And she just says, I would like that very much and starts crying. She starts losing it, which is so touching and so sad. I fully cry in this scene in like two minutes. I, I cried a couple places in this movie. Yeah. But they also give her a necklace that yeah. has been in the family for 150 years that we do not see her give back. Just heads up. No, she's wearing it in the final scene, which I love, Paige. Mm. So this is where we kind of get the story about Betty White's grandparents. He was Russian and her mother was indigenous. Yeah. And they stayed together because she was tough. So she's kind of like, I see that same spirit in you. So I'm just going to bypass my daughter or daughter-in-law because we don't know which grandma she is necessarily Yeah, and give this to you. Uh, so, but in this scene, essentially Sandra Bullock is getting the family that she doesn't have and hasn't had for a long time. And she gets to the boat that's waiting to take her back to the house with Ryan Reynolds in it. Yeah. And she just hops into the driver's seat and drives away. And she just, she drives like a boat of the hell. Yeah. A boat out of hell. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> She, she basically is like, I forgot what it was like to have a family. Yeah, um, she starts to feel bad for what she's doing. Yeah. Which is appropriate. How did her family die? They don't say, but I think murder-suicide. <laughs> I think she killed over that sweet insurance money to get that Central Park. <laughs> All we know is they both died at 16, so I was thinking car accident or something. Yeah, I thought it was something like that, too, where they both died at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like airplane, car accident, those kind of things. A tragically type thing. Like they both worked on the 88th floor of the World Trade Center. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're from Canada. So they obviously went off together from the Niagara Falls in a barrel no. and didn't make it. I was going to say they work in the tower that people shoot in Toronto to make it look like New York. And <laughs> anyway, so he basically grabs the wheel and turns the boat and she falls out. And has to swim to the buoy, but she can't swim. Yeah. So he pulls her back into the boat and he basically has to like hug her to keep her warm. They come back to the house and his dad is like, I want to talk to both of you, but your mother can never hear any of this. He takes him to the barn and Dennis O'Hare is back. Yeah. <laughs> Immigration officer is there. And he's basically like, okay, it's time to come clean. And his dad is like, this is fake. Yeah, his dad immediately is on the side of the immigration officer. Right. Well, then he also negotiated like a thing with them, didn't they? Yeah, he negotiated a deal with the immigration officer on behalf of Andrew, Ryan Reynolds' character. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds, he's basically like, take the deal. And he just says, no, do you want a statement? I'll see you at the wedding. 
basically yeah. like, I'm marrying her. Fuck y'all. They finally get a loan and she just basically says, are you sure about this? And he says, not really. And she says, I'm really appreciative. And he says, well, you do the same for me. And here's the thing. I don't think she would. Me I don't, either. I don't, I, don't think she would either. <laughs> I don't think so. And her face shows that too. Cause she's yeah. like, uh. but uh, grandma comes in and doesn't allow them to spend the night before their wedding together, which is a pretty common thing, right? Yeah. That's pretty normal. She actually says, we're going to have to give the baby maker, referring to the blanket, a rest yeah, tonight. A rest tonight. <laughs> um, and he has it with him on the couch with yes. Kevin the dog and then a fur that looks a lot like Kevin the dog. Which <laughs> 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 is really interesting. We cut to the wedding the next day. And I, I actually really like her dress. It's a very specific look, but I dig it. It's a very 1920s look, which is yeah. the era that that wedding dress is from. Right. So I get it. I, I don't love the wedding dress, but I think it's very what they were going for. Right. Grandma walks her down the aisle, which is very sweet. And then Ramon is also the officiant. <laughs> and then we get a cutaway to Gertrude, who's Malin Ackerman's character, where she looks sad. And then we cut away from it. It never pays off. Sandra Bullock interrupts the wedding and it basically confesses and basically says, like, it w once I, you know, like, it's not easy to ruin someone's life once you find out how wonderful they are and how wonderful all of you are. So she's basically like, I can't do this to him. It's not fair. And she tells the immigration dude that he has to give her a ride to the airport, which is very funny. As she's leaving, she's like, you're taking me to the airport. Yep. The family is freaking out. Yeah, as you would. Ryan Reynolds chases her upstairs, but she and her stuff are already gone. And the dress, the bouquet, and his manuscript are on the bed. Yeah. And the note basically says, you were right. This book is special. I'll make sure we buy this before I leave, basically. Yeah. And then Malin Ackerman comes in and starts talking about nothing that really matters. It's just a chance for Ryan Reynolds to have the aha moment that he really does love Another woman than Alan Ma than Malin Ackerman. I almost said Alan Mackerman. <laughs> Which honestly, if in this movie Malin Ackerman was played by a man named Alan Mackerman, it wouldn't change anything. It would. You would just have him be his best friend. She literally serves as a person for him to shout his feelings to, and then she just goes, "So you're just gonna let her go?" But that could be anybody. That That's could what I'm be saying. Anybody. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a, a former romantic interest. I think we need to go back. Did you guys notice the what the book was on the on the bed? No. It was Twilight. <laughs> God damn you, Mikey. God oh. damn you to hell. So we cut to the boat where Dennis O'Hare and Sandra Bullock are headed back to the mainland, basically from the island. Yeah. And she says, so what now? And he basically says, well, now that you're leaving voluntarily, it becomes civilized. You got 24 hours once we get back to basically clear out your stuff and head to Canada. Ryan Reynolds decides that he's going to go after her. And grandma has a heart attack. Well, because coach, his dad is right. like, no, you're not going to go after her. You can't do that. You got to live your life or whatever. And they just start fighting over that. And then Betty White, who was like the whole movie playing like hella 4D chess. She's like, okay, I've got to get my son and his son to like be friends again and get them to the airport. So how I do that is fake a heart attack and then they all get in an airplane and go to the hospital. They airlift her and this would have been my my other pitch is that Ramon is also a doctor. Like he's an <laughs> off-duty EMT. Yes. <laughs> yes, or the pilot. <laughs> that would have been really funny. Yeah. This would have been a good cameo for Dusty Jones. 
<gasps> when Jamie smiles, Jamie <laughs> smiles. Anyway, so they airlift her. So she makes Coach say that he will support his son. Right. She makes Ryan Reynolds say that he'll try harder to be a member of the family. Right. And then they both agree to that. And then she goes, then I'm okay to let the spirits take me. And she lays back and pretends to die. And then she's like, well, I guess they don't want me. So I'm fine. We don't need to go to the, the hospital. Let's go to the airport. <laughs> and, then, and then everybody's like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> well, they're rich as shit. They don't have any repercussions for this. I'm talking about emotional repercussions for faking your death and run around your family. Oh, yeah. That's also a good point, Mikey. (laughs) (laughs) That's her son or her her daughter who just watched her die. Yeah. Well, they get to the airport uh, where the plane is already taking off. He calls the flight tower, who's the guy that was like, kiss her on the mouth like a man. Um, (laughs) And he's just like, no, can't do, can't do anything about it. Yeah, they've already taken off, dog. Which is oddly the most logical part of the movie. So much. I I was like, finally, a movie where the plane takes off. (laughs) Well, that's not fair. The planes took off and remember me too, Paige. Oh. <laughs> we'll see you next week <laughs> I love Coach's confusion in this scene Where they're like she never would have left Unless she loved him which is irrational And I do love that Coach is like I, I don't get what? it Because it's understand. not logical <laughs> No no, it's not But back at work the next day She's clearing out her office and no one is helping her Because she was a colossal bitch Yeah because everyone sort of hates her yeah, but basically he makes it back to the office and and he's panting and she says, "Why have you why are you panting?" And he says, "Because I've been running." And she just says, "From Alaska?" <laughs> because that would be ridiculous, Paige. Cut to the writer for The Lucky One is like, "I have a great idea." <laughs> Don't you talk about Nicholas Sparks like that. Uh, but he basically this is where he gets his speech of like i hated you but i have learned to love you over the past couple days which is really strange and i think i want to marry you because i want to date you yeah which is a lot of red tape to go on a couple dates and oh yeah (laughs) before they inevitably break up because they are very mean to each other (laughs) (laughs) I cannot even imagine marrying someone just to start dating them. That's crazy. Mikey, with your commitment issues, are you serious? I mean, I guess it would be like flooding if you're doing like systematic desensitization on like fear of commitment. But I mean, I mean, well, still. you could also be like, well, this has to work or else I'm going to lose half my money. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes, Mikey, losing half your money is worth it. And really, it's all about the friends that we fingered along the way. Oh, my God, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm going to leave that in. No context. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She basically kind of pushes back and she's like, I'm comfortable being alone. I think we should forget it all and leave. That'd be easier. And he basically says it would be easier. And I like that. What she says is I'm scared, which is again, vulnerable for her. Yeah. So I cry in the scene where Betty White is like, I want you to have this necklace. Mm-hmm. It was my great grandfather's. He gave to my great grandmother. I want you to have it because you're in our family now. I cry in that scene. Mm-hmm. And then I cry here because she is like, I think this is like the first time she's like super honest with herself about how she's feeling about something. Yeah, agreed. And he gets down on one knee to propose. They're engaged yeah. again for real. So we cut to the immigration office where. Dennis O'Hare bringing it home. He basically says one wrong answer and I'm going to take you down. And he says, 
let's do it. And we go to credits where we then watch their answers, which are largely wrong. Yes. They would fully fail this quiz. But but also, she would fully still be deported. Yes. I mean, I would assume so. Yeah, in real life. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, Oscar Nunez is the best in the outro credit stuff. He's amazingly funny. First of all, why is he on the mainland? Like, why is he in New York? Why is he being interviewed for this? Oh, because none of that yeah, matters. It's, it's nonsense, but. Yeah. Hey, stop asking questions. But it's amazing. It's very funny. And, and that's, that's the movie. the movie. Yes. All right. So having seen it, having talked about it, give me some final thoughts. What do you guys think? I like this movie. It's it's fun. Uh, some parts of it haven't aged well, but I, if you're looking for just a general run-of-the-mill rom-com, it's fine. Uh, needs more boning. But other than that, <laughs> I fully agree. I think you could cut the dancing around a fire scene, add a few sex scenes, and it's a perfect movie. Maybe not perfect. But it's good. Perfect, but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I put it on the same level of like classic rom com formula. It's like uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days style. Yes. Very classic because there's a weird situation. They're forced into, they're mean to each other most of the movie. And then Mm -hmm. for some reason at the end of it, they're in love. That is the formula, right? Yeah. And it's it's fun. And it works. It's fun. Yeah. So, Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do. And it's a lot of money and numbers fun facts this week. Money, 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 money! Money! Yeah, do it. Give us that money fun facts. All right, so let's start with her apartment. So Central Park West Apartments on the Upper West Side. Uh, There's condos, apartments, and co-ops. Apartments are going to start around $5,000 a month. That's actually not as bad as I thought. I bet they're small as shit, though. Yeah, that's the low end. But it could go all the way up to $28,000 a month. (sighs) Jesus, that's insane. So, like, if you wanted, like, a condo, like, a fancy condo, 28 grand a month to rent it. Uh, the nuts. median was about 12, oh. like, 10 to $12,000 a month. Right. Yeah, it's bonkers. It's so much money. Uh, also, buy at that point. Um, yeah. Anyway, so her Christian Louboutin pumps uh, start at $700 and could go anywhere from 700 to about $1,200. Got them bloody shoes. Her rolling luggage. So the rolly bag is 3000 That's a Louis Vuitton rolling suitcase. Louis Vuitton suitcase. rolling yes. suitcase is 3000 I'm a huge Louis Vuitton fan myself. The duffel bag that they throw in the water is $1,600. And they just throw it in the ocean. They just throw it in the water. But that's not the craziest because she is also throughout this movie carrying a Birkin bag. Yeah, that's what Natalie lost her mind about. Yeah. Yeah. Those start at $12,000 on the low end. What? And can get up to $200,000 on the custom end. What? Yes. The basic materials to make a Birkin with no customization cost $800 before manufacturing even starts. So like before people even work on it and they are all made by hand, you're at $1,000 just in materials. That is nuts. Yeah. Why do, why, why? <laughs> it's one of those, like Cardi B has like six of them and, and stuff, but it's one of those things that like, it does nothing for me. Yeah. Uh, but for some people, they really care about it. I don't know. Ryan Reynolds's salary could be anywhere from 40,000 to 80,000. Um, but I would say he's in New York at a successful publisher. He's probably 80 and up. He, he could actually probably be making more than that, but I would say he's probably making at least 80. But 80 in New York is not it's a lot. Nothing. It's nothing. The population of Sitka, Alaska is 8,500 people. 
That's actually bigger than I thought it would be because it seems to just be their family on this island. They have an airport because that's when I was looking at flights. You could fly into Sitka. Uh, so wherever they live is further inland from that. Somewhere. Yeah. Okay. It's probably outland because they take a boat there. Yeah. I don't think outland is the right terminology, but you know I what I mean. So. No, I don't, I don't, I, yeah. a, they live in space. <laughs> <laughs> I can't empathize with them then. <laughs> anyway, those are our fun facts. Well, thank you, Paige, for those amazing, amazing fun facts. Do you guys want to talk to the box office? Yes. Yeah, let's do box nice. office. Nice. All right. So what do you think the production budget for the proposal was? Came out in 2009, guys. So keep that in mind. I'm going to say purely based on cost of people in it, this is yes. at least 30 mil. Okay. 41. Oh, Mikey. So close again at $40 million. Damn, wow, that's my, 40 40. You should have. You overshot it. So this movie came out June 19th, 2009, and didn't feature the World Trade Center collapse. And it was up against <laughs> other movies like The Hangover, Up, Star Trek, Night at the Museum. So what do you think it made its first weekend out? I think this probably made at least... 10 mil its first weekend out. This was this movie was a big deal. Everyone loved this movie. Yeah. Mikey, what do you think? $23 million. It made $33 million. Wow. It's wow. first weekend out. It was number one that weekend. It beat The Hangover was number two. It beat Up that was number three. It beat Year One that was number four. And it beat The Taking of Pelham one, two, three. All those are movies are all tell. Yeah. I mean, The Hangover was a big movie, guys. It was. I remember seeing year one that week, and it was terrible. Yeah, The Hangover was in its third week, though. And Up, which is also a great movie, was in its fourth week. So it was down. Yeah, it was. So its real first week competition was year one, which is not a good movie. So it, it obviously crushed it. So it made $33 million its first weekend out. What do you think it made in its total domestic run? Total domestic run? I'm going to say 80 mil. All right, Mikey, what do you think? 112. All right. This movie was a smash hit. Some might call it a big titted hit. It made <laughs> $163.9 million Ooh, domestically. Damn. That's like action movie money. That's yeah. nuts. It made a lot of money. Guys, it made another $150.7 million internationally for a total of $314.7 million. That is wild. Yeah, it's pretty That's so nuts. So much money. And then it went on to make another 114 million in domestic DVD and Blu-ray sales. Oh my god. It's worth that 40 mil then, apparently. Oh, yeah. yeah I guess so, so they made a ton of money on this movie. Damn. But that is your box office. So do you guys think they're still together? No. No. I don't think so either. I honestly think Sandra Bullock needs to go to therapy. Yeah. I think she's got some trauma that she needs to work through. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say this. I don't think it's impossible that they're together, but I think there'd have to be a lot of work for that to work out. Yeah. If you want to live in a world where you believe these two people can make it, that's fine. But it's probably not going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this week I made you guys watch <laughs> The Proposal, and honestly, you're welcome. Uh, Paige, I think it's your week next week, right? Yeah, it is my week. So what are you going to make us watch? Well, we're going to be watching the 1980s classic, Overboard. <laughs> you love Kurt Russell so much. Oh, my gosh. I do, yes. but more because that movie is bonkers. And, like, if you thought we were talking about Stockholm Syndrome this week, a woman <laughs> with a head injury is kidnapped 
and forced into domestic slavery. And it's a fun rom-com. <laughs> Featuring Kurt Russell. We're all supposed to think it's okay because it's Kurt Russell and he's hot. I'm here for it. Exactly. So your homework next week is to get wine drunk on a boat with Kurt Russell, do some chores for him, and watch Overboard. Not the new one. The 1987 Overboard. I watched it for the first time on Thanksgiving uh, because it was playing on TV that morning and why not? Yeah. And I was like, this is nuts. Uh, we got to <laughs> do this one. And it's been requested in the group a bunch. So we're doing Overboard. Well, awesome. I can't wait to watch it, guys. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? No. Well, while you look for a review, let me tell them how they can have their review read on the podcast. And that is simply to leave us a five-star text review and uh, leave a little text so Mikey has something to read so he can read it on the podcast. You guys know the deal. Mikey, who are you going to read this time? CG313. Oh, I actually know CG313. She's in the Facebook group. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. She said it's a must listen. Yeah, it is. Which is hyphenated, I guess. It is in CG's mind, and that's what we're going to go with. I am not in a place to, n to know if that's wrong. <laughs> Same. So uh, I follow these guys from the Horror Virgin podcast. Yeah. And they're just as hilarious on this podcast as they are on that one. Well, that is a very high compliment because I happen to know for sure that the horror version is hilarious. Their conversations <laughs> on romantic comedies are equally insightful and hilarious. Even if your enjoyment for romantic comedies has weakened over the years, like me... <laughs> I listen to new episodes the day of release. CG has not been lucky in love, it sounds like. Well, look me up if you want to continue that streak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the chemistry between Paige, Todd, and Mikey is better than Richard Gere and Julia Roberts, which sets the bar pretty low. Um, <laughs> it's the feel-good romantic comedy podcast of the year. Five stars. Well, CG, thank you so much for that amazing five-star review we really appreciate it and if you want to have your review run the podcast leave us a five-star review so um yeah guys if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast make sure to check out our other podcast the horror virgin and that is the only other podcast that mikey and i are on but Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts Black Card Rehab, and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys, this week. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I am Todd. Toodle Pip. Laters, babies. You're my life now. <laughs> God damn. When you said 9-11 last week, God, that fucking lost my shit. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.